Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for tuning in. We are going to be joined really soon by Savion Glover, uh, the world-renowned tap dancer, someone who's been doing this since he was a small kid, been teaching tap dancing since he was about 14 years old. Uh, He's in town for a performance Saturday with a bunch of other musicians at the Car Center in Detroit. He's also going to be leading some uh, classes and things on, on tap at the Detroit School for the Arts. We are just waiting for him to join us, uh, and we will talk to him about his career and about the art of tap. But later in the show, we're also going to talk about Kobo, Kobo Center, the convention hall that anchors uh, convention business right here in southeast Michigan, and the announcement yesterday that it will no longer be called Kobo Center. It has always been named for Albert Kobo, who was mayor here in the 1950s, pretty controversial figure for his views on race and some of the things he did as mayor that exacerbated the city's racial tensions. Uh, They announced yesterday that uh, Chemical Bank has bought the naming rights to that convention center and will either change the name to TCF Center when its merger with TCF Bank goes through or come up with another name. Uh, If that doesn't happen, it's a pretty big change for anybody who is Uh, from here in the Detroit area, somebody who grew up here in the 70s and 80s. I can remember just a little bit of when the Pistons even played at uh, Kobo Arena. And uh, I I can remember always referring to that place, not just as Kobo Arena or Kobo Hall, but just Kobo. The idea of it having that sort of singular name is burned into my brain and I think into the brains of lots of people around town. It will take some adjusting, I think, to, to call it something else. But, of course, this name change also raises some other real questions about how we deal with controversial history around here, uh, how we think about uh, the history of race and inequality in this region, uh, the idea that we might erase some of the things that uh, that make us uncomfortable or make us angry about history in Southeast Michigan. The idea of taking the Kobo name off of that building sort of invokes a larger, larger conversation about how we deal with that history and whether we're dealing appropriately with it by trying to erase it, trying to pretend that it didn't happen. Uh, We're going to be joined by Larry Alexander, who runs the Kobo Convention Center uh, for the Kobo Regional Authority at some point. Uh, And we're also going to welcome historian Jaman Jordan to the conversation. But let's start off with what you think about this name change for our convention center. Did you see the Did you see the news yesterday that uh, that Kobo Center will be called something else? And what was your reaction to it? Uh, did you feel uh, the things that uh, the mayor, for instance, Mayor Mike Duggan, said about this awful history and the need to move beyond it, the need to reclaim the idea of this convention center for? Detroiters, four African-American Detroiters who uh, were the victims of some of the policies of Albert Kobo. Uh, Do you like the idea of this being named after a bank? Uh, Think of all the corporate names that we have for arenas and stadiums around town. 
Is that better than naming it for people who had an impact on our region, who helped shape Detroit and Southeast Michigan? And what do you think of the idea of trying to erase history? This is not just a conversation we're having here in Detroit or in Southeast Michigan. This is a conversation that's coming up around the country and especially in the South, uh, where uh, the, the controversy over Confederate monuments in places like Richmond, Virginia and New Orleans uh, is really heating up. Uh, how should we handle these kinds of history? Is it right to just say we're no longer going to, to honor these folks who did things or said things uh, that were offensive uh, or dehuman- dehumanizing? Uh, or should we take a different kind of approach? Should we try to figure out a way to explain that history uh, in a way that that makes better sense? Maybe not honor those folks, but at least acknowledge the role that they've played in our lives. Uh, We'd really love to hear from listeners about this uh, today, uh, all all hour. And uh, if you want to give us a call, as always, the number on the phones is 313-577-577. 1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we will try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Let's start with uh, Ryan, Ryan in Ann Arbor. Ryan, what's on your mind? Hi there. Um, I'm just calling to say that this is an act of correction that moving forward we need to explain that we are not celebrating a racist anymore by keeping his name up there. Mm-hmm. Also, for many years, I thought that COBO was an acronym, and I was a little surprised <laughs> when I found out it was actually the name of a mayor. Uh, so what did you think that acronym stood for? I never could figure it out. <laughs> and I was at COBO in their new space in the basement of the old arena and saw a bus of Albert Cobo tucked yeah. into about the darkest corner they could find. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, there's not a lot there that would tell you who it's named for or or make it seem as though he's being celebrated, although his name is on the building. So, so Ryan, I want to go back to your initial point, though, this idea of not celebrating somebody who was a racist. I don't think anybody would argue with that. Maybe somebody would, but, but I certainly wouldn't. I guess the question I'm raising, though, is, is – it bore his name for 60 years, uh, and that says something about our history as well. And I guess my question is, uh, if you're going to change the name, if you're going to go in a different direction, how do you mark that change? How do you uh, not appear to just be erasing what happened, the 60 years that he had his name on this uh, on this really important venue in our in our community, but but sort of um, uh, offer offer an explanation, uh, offer illumination about the controversy and the change itself. Uh, Ryan, do you, do you feel like changing the name to, to TCF does that? Do you feel like uh, uh, that that's the right way to, to explain this? I, I don't. I, I, I disagree fundamentally with changing names from Pine Knob to DTE or to CompuWare, <laughs> yeah. things like that. However, I think the Rosa Parks uh, Convention Center to honor the civil rights pioneer who lived in our city yeah. up until her end uh, would be a great new name. For that would have been a cool name, too. Yeah. Um, you know, and this whole idea of naming rights, selling naming rights. 
um, uh, that that I think has its own uh, set of controversies. And you know, there's lots of people who don't love that all of these places have corporate names. Ryan, I really appreciate uh, the call and and the thoughts. Uh, we got a lot of other folks who want to talk about this uh, here. So uh, again, if you want to join them on the phones, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number. Let's go to Katie in Detroit. Katie, welcome to Detroit today. Hi. Hey, how are you? Good. Um, so I was just commenting that I think that they shouldn't name it TCS because I'm tired of seeing everything become a corporate name, <laughs> but um, that they should also change it from Kobo and maybe put a placard outside just to acknowledge like, hey, it used to be called Kobo after this guy. And this is why we changed it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I really do feel like uh, that that explainer, that I that attempt to put this in some context is really important. Uh, and and when you think of the conversation they're having in the South in these cities that have Confederate monuments, that comes up all the time. The idea that you can't just take these things down and then pretend as though they were never there. And I, I worry that uh, I didn't hear yesterday in all of the announcements about this anything about how we would approach that subject. Uh, I, I'm all for saying we're not going to honor Albert Cobo anymore, um, but we did for 60 years. And I think I think we owe people an explanation about that. Um, Katie, uh, I really appreciate the call uh, and the comments. Let's go to Norris in Detroit. Norris, welcome to Detroit today. Hey, good morning. Hey, how are you? I'm well. Uh, I, I just think uh, changing it to uh, it was convenient for them to not change the name until there was some sort of corporate interest involved. I think the impetus would have been on the co- the organization that runs Kobo itself to maybe change the name. And, like, there's a big statue of Joe Lewis in it. They're about to tear down Joe Lewis Arena. Why not just name it Joe Lewis? Hmm. We already call something the Joe. Right. Just keep that legacy for, you know, people who grew up in the city like myself. Yeah. You know, that's a really great point, Norris, your, your first point there, the, the idea that <clears throat> this didn't happen until there was a corporate sponsor, until there was $33 million attached to the idea of changing the name. Uh, now, all of a sudden, it's a good idea and it's about race. You know, I wonder if listeners believe that this is really about trying to correct uh, a wrong, trying to write something that we did that uh, we shouldn't have done, or is it just sort of a, is that kind of a convenient explainer for the idea that hey, we now have a, a lot of money in order to to to, to change this name, and we've got a, a corporate sponsor uh, involved. I think that also muddies the it muddies the actions here, and it muddies the intent somewhat. Uh, an earlier caller suggested. Why can't we? Why wouldn't we call this the Rosa Parks Center uh, after after the, the civil rights leader who who lived and died here? Uh, that would have been a great change, but you wouldn't have gotten thirty three million dollars to change it uh, to that name. So, Norris, I really appreciate your calling <clears throat> and raising that point. I really wonder what other callers think about that. Do you believe uh, this is really about trying to right a wrong? Do you? buy into the idea that uh, this is about correcting history? Or do you think that this is ultimately just about money? And maybe you're okay with that. Maybe you feel like uh, we need the money uh, to help modernize Kobo further, to keep to keep it up, uh, and that that money will go to good use. And you don't see any 
any contradiction there uh, in this in this action. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Dan in Detroit. Dan, welcome to Detroit today. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. Go ahead. All right. So my thought, um, I love that idea from Norris. I think that something that's emblematic of the city is something that could be really beneficial um, and also beneficial to the process. If this was turned back to the community that, you know, Kobo hurt the most, then I think having like a formal ceremony of acknowledgement and, you know, put this at the Charles H. Wright Museum, put this into the hands of the community and it could really be a special moment for the city in renaming a place instead of giving it over to a corporate name, especially a bank. I think about all the events that happen there at the event center. And um, there are things other than the auto show, such as like weddings and conventions. Mm-hmm. And people want to have that name that they're having the event at some place that feels historic. Um, turn that back over to something that's emblematic of Detroit so that people want to have events there. I can't think of too many people who want to get married in a place that <laughs> is named after a bank. Named after a bank. Yeah, that's a great point, Dan. So so uh, here's here's a thought about that. I, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. And, and I think we ought to name important venues in our city after important people uh, who who helped shape this region. But if you think about it, that's how we came to call that place Kobo in the first place. I mean, it was built uh, in the early 1960s, and the the, the thought was uh, you name it after the mayor who kind of made that possible, right? The mayor who led in the decade that led up to this uh, this idea that we ought to have a major convention center along the river. Um, and at the time, I'm sure... Uh, it seemed like a great idea. It seemed like the kind of thing that made sense. But 60 years later, of course, uh, as we're reconsidering the legacy of Albert Kobo, it makes no sense at all. And so I wonder if if you do it that way, as opposed to selling the naming rights to a bank who will keep that name for some time and then presumably move on and we'll, we'll call it something else. You know, I wonder if, if you're always going to be subject to the lens of uh, history reconsidering people uh, who you name it after. Now, are you taking a risk at all by naming something after Rosa Parks? Uh, probably not, right? Uh, there, there would be no reconsideration, I think, of her legacy that could that could lead you to, to, to change the name. But, but lots of other people who you might consider uh, for something like that could be thought of differently in the future than uh, than they are now, and so I think that's another tension in all of this uh, all of this discussion. Dan, I, I really appreciate the call uh, and the comments. Let's go to L- Yolanda in Detroit. Uh, Yolanda, welcome to Detroit today, and tell us what's on your mind. Hi, thanks. Hey. My thoughts are, you know, um, let's not just stop with Kobo. Let's address the issue of street names in Detroit named after <laughs> slaveholders and, and people who, you know, adopted and who operated from racist ideologies and things like that. Let's not just change Kobo in the interest of, you know, corporate interests. Let's really um, address history mm-hmm. and what made and shaped Detroit. And let's not erase it, but let's address it. Yeah, so Yolanda, I'm really glad you called and raised that because that's another thing that I think is on my mind. So 
let's think of it this way. We're going to change the name of Kobo uh, because uh, it's named after Albert Kobo. But where is Kobo? Where does Kobo even sit in our city? It's at the corner of Jefferson Avenue and Washington Boulevard, uh, two streets that are named for presidents who both owned slaves and had a very complicated histories with, with race. Uh, and there isn't a discussion about whether to change those street names, uh, whether to, to, to erase those things from our history here in the city of Detroit. And that's not the, that's not the, only, that's not the only example of that. Um, uh, there are all kinds of things around Detroit that are named for people uh, whose, whose lives in current, uh, in current view uh, would, would offend. Uh, Louis Cass is one of them that always comes to mind for me. Uh, our, our, our arguably our greatest public high school, and I don't want to get into trouble by saying that, uh, getting people from other high schools riled up, but uh, certainly uh, cast technicians will say uh, that they are the greatest uh, public high school in the city of Detroit. That school is named for a guy who uh, was himself a racist and uh, involved in all kinds of awful parts of um, U.S. history and, as regards race. So should we call cast tech something else? Think of all the, the howls you would hear uh, from alums if that were were suggested. So I, I, I absolutely agree with you, Yolanda. This belongs in, a, in the middle of a larger conversation about how uh, race plays into history and how race plays into honorific uh, the, you know, namings of, of structures of people. Uh, but I think when you kick that door open, uh, it is going to be really hard to get closed. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation about Kobo. We are going to talk with Larry Alexander, who is the CEO of the Kobo Regional Authority, about this change. Uh, stay with us and stay with us on the phones. 313-577-1019 is the number. Uh, Michael in Detroit, Karen in Livonia, Steve in Bloomfield will get to you as well. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. The Kobo era was marked by the wiping out of African-American neighborhoods in the name of urban renewal. It was an era that displaced African-American families in a way that was discriminatory and callous. And the tensions from those eras still reverberate in the city of Detroit uh, today. That's the voice of Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan yesterday helping to announce the news that uh, we will no longer call Kobo Center Kobo. We will no longer honor former Mayor Albert P. Kobo uh, with, that, uh, with that building. Uh, it's always been Kobo, though, if you are someone who's from here. It's not just Kobo Center or Kobo Hall. It's just Kobo. And that convention center at the corner of Jefferson Avenue and Washington Boulevard has never had another name in its 60 years of existence. But of course, its namesake, Mayor Albert Kobo, has always been a pretty controversial figure. 
After 60 years now, we are going to move on from that name. Chemical Bank bought the naming rights for the convention center and is going to change the name to TCF Bank, TCF Center, if its merger with TCF Bank goes through. So we're talking about whether this is the right thing to do. Changing the name of a building to wipe away the honor for a disgraced former mayor. And is this the right way to handle history, to try to erase parts of our past that are painful or appropriate? And if Kobo has to go, what about other parts of Detroit history that would certainly merit the same kind of reconsideration? Again, Kobo sits at the corner of Washington Boulevard and Jefferson Avenue. How can we have a conversation about that convention center without talking about those street names or without talking about lots of other things in this city that are named for people who have awful racial histories. We're going to continue the conversation right now with uh, someone who is at the center of this deliberation over Kobo. Larry Alexander is the chairman of the Detroit Regional Convention Facility Authority and president and CEO of the Detroit Metro Convention and Visitors Bureau. Larry, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you very much. Good morning, Stephen. Glad to be with you. Yes, uh, great to have you here. Uh, So let's start. Uh, How did this come up? What brought about the sale of the naming rights for Kobo? Well, uh, it really all boils back to uh, our legislative act that created the authority. Uh, As you know, back in 2008 uh, and 2009, Kobo was in dire need of funding. Uh, it, It needed new leadership. Uh, and the political leadership and the legislature all came together to develop this authority and create uh, the structure that we would operate under. Um, The Legislative Act really uh, had three specific criteria attached to it. One was uh, we were limited on how much money we could borrow, uh, go out to the bond market for the $300 million. Second, we had to operate with a balanced budget. Uh, which is very crucial because there's not many centers across the country that operate with a balanced budget. And third, uh, all five members of the authority have to agree. It could not be a three-to-two or four-to-one vote. It had to be five-zero or we wouldn't move forward. Um, And so living with those criteria, we came in uh, with the mandate that we had to live up to. Uh, And so one of those being... Uh, We've got to be sure and operate this like a business and find sources of revenue that can benefit not only the center, but eventually the taxpayers for the state of Michigan. Uh, Because as you've heard, we've been able through our efforts to pay back over $30 million, Mm -hmm. uh, or retire, excuse me, over $30 million in bonds, which in essence has saved the taxpayers just over $74 million in interest payments uh, since its inception. So... That was the driving force behind the decision to go out for uh, naming rights. And our uh, legislative act does provide the opportunity for us to do that. Uh, So when we started the process, the process was where can we find the best partner, find the best financial deal that will help us achieve our financial goals and, and, as I say, in turn, benefit the taxpayers of the state of Michigan. Yeah. So, so of course, uh, that's the financial context for this decision, but it's not the only thing that's going on here, right? Uh, we're also taking the name of a former mayor who uh, was someone who absolutely exacerbated the city's racial tensions, did a lot of things, said a lot of things 
that drove division in our city. Uh, can you talk about uh, how much that controversy surrounding Kobo added to uh, the weight that uh, that ended up pushing us toward uh, changing the name? Well, there's no question we were obviously very aware of the controversy surrounding the name Kobo. Um, and we knew that if we could get this financial uh, decision made the right way with the right partner, that we would also um, serve the need to remove the name of Kobo and eliminate that controversy surrounding that being attached to the uh, facility itself. Um, so in our minds, we felt we were, in essence, killing two birds with one stone. We would be able to provide the financial support that was needed to, man to live up to the legislative mandate, and we would be able to remove the Kobo name uh, and change that to something that has much more credibility and honesty and statue in our community. And I don't think we could have found a better partner than Chemical Bank, especially when you look at their investment in the city and the region and the headquarters that they're building on Woodward Avenue uh, and the number of employees that they will have in their bank um, and what it means to the state of Michigan. So we felt that this was a good partner that really created a win-win-win all the way around. Yeah. So so I, I want to ask you about this move away from Kobo, uh, the, the, the Kobo name, and towards something else, and, and how we're going to mark that. So, so if you think about what's going on in places like Richmond, Virginia, and in New Orleans, uh, the discussions ab around, you know, removing uh, monuments to Confederate uh, generals and, and, and Confederate figures, a lot of the, the conversation there is about how you contextualize those changes. In other words, uh, yeah, you want to get rid of that symbol, but you don't want to pretend that you're erasing history, that you're pretending that it didn't happen. Uh, have you guys talked much about how to mark the change from Kobo to something else and how to commemorate the fact that for 60 years it bore his name? Uh, and yeah, we, we have finally decided that that's not appropriate, but it's history that, uh, that we're making that change and that, uh, that it had his name for, uh, for 60 years. You're absolutely correct, Stephen. And yes, we have had discussions. Uh, we have not come up with the perfect answer yet, but you are everything you articulated is absolutely correct. It is part of our history. It's part of the history of the city of Detroit. Um, simply by removing the the letters and the name from the front of the building does not erase that 60-year history. Uh, so we know that we have a responsibility to figure out how to recognize that in, a, in an appropriate manner without causing uh, heartache and, and, and uh, uh, causing individuals to have to really suffer the pain that was caused while he was in office. But yes, we can't ignore it. We can't wipe it out. I mean, you don't just, you don't just say 60 years is removed because the name is changed on the front of the building. But we need to do it in an appropriate way so that it is not offensive. It just recognizes that it was part of our past. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, my guest is Larry Alexander. He's the chairman 
of the Detroit Regional Convention Facility Authority and president and CEO of the Detroit Metro Convention and Visitors Bureau. We're talking about the announcement yesterday that uh, Kobo Center will no longer be called Kobo. It will probably be called TCF Center. Chemical Bank uh, bought the naming rights and will change it to TCF Center if its merger goes through with TCF Bank. Uh, We really want to know what you think about this change as well. Uh, How much does history matter in this case? And is it okay to get rid of history uh, on this building and call it something else? Uh, How should we do those kinds of things? How should we mark those kinds of changes in our community? Uh, How should we remember history uh, in Detroit and Southeast Michigan? Also, give us a call and tell us if you think there are other things we ought to be thinking about renaming around here. Uh, There are lots of things, streets and buildings and schools that bear the names of uh, people who had pretty controversial racial histories here in Southeast Michigan. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and uh, hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we will work you into the conversation. I want to read some social media comments here. Carl on Facebook says, I literally just learned Kobo was a guy and that the building was not an acronym. My family moved to Michigan at least a decade after him. Corporate names are stupid, but I can't imagine anyone having strong attachments to saying Kobo. Tom on Facebook says, I'm all for the removal of problematic names, but there's nothing worse than a corporate name for a landmark. Uh, Lori on Facebook says, still call it Pine Knob, so don't care what the official name is. I don't think uh, we're talking about Pine Knob, but you're right. That was uh, what we called uh, DTE Energy Center when I was a kid. Uh, Larry, I, I, before I let you go, I want to ask you about um, uh, whether you ever considered just changing the name to uh, maybe a former Detroiter who wasn't so controversial. Uh, we had a caller earlier who suggested that maybe we should call it Rosa Parks Center. Uh, now, that would not have brought you the money that uh, the chemical bank change brought you, but but was that something you guys thought about? We did have a discussion uh, about that, and uh, uh, what it really came back to, Stephen, is uh, this legislative mandate that we have. Um, that's our first priority. Uh, it has to be our first priority because when you, as you know, and uh, hopefully a lot of the listeners will understand, when you go out to the bond market, you make financial commitments. Uh, and, you know, we have a credit rating to live up to, and when we are securing bonds to do the work that needs to be done inside the facility, they expect to pay back on those bonds. Uh, however, in order to secure that money, the, the interest payments on that comes from our taxpayers. So, yes, we did have the discussion, but bottom line, we came back to say that our first responsibility was to the taxpayers and doing everything we can to be sure that we are uh, good stewards of the taxpayers' money and making the right financial decisions on their behalf. Okay. Larry Alexander, chairman of the Detroit Regional Convention Facility Authority and president and CEO of the Detroit Metro Convention and Visitors Bureau. Really great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. 
Thank you very much, Stephen. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Up next, we're going to continue this conversation uh, with historian and educator Jamon Jordan, who's going to put this in a little more historical perspective for us. Stay with us and stay with us on the phone. Stephen Bloomfield, Karen in Livonia, Bernadette in Redford, and Lauren in Gross Park, Gross Point Park. We will get to you next. Uh, also, hit us up on Facebook or on Twitter. We'll work you into the conversation as well. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you have joined us. We are talking about the name switch for Cobo Center after 60 years of being named for former mayor Albert Cobo. It's going to change. It will probably be called TCF Center after Chemical Bank, which bought the naming rights for $33 million dollars merges with TCF Bank. Uh, We're really curious what you think about these changes. Uh, Is this the right thing to do? Is this the right way to do it? And if we're going to change the name of Kobo because the former mayor was somebody who really uh, capitalized on and exacerbated racial division here in the city of Detroit in the 1950s, Isn't there a bunch of other stuff we ought to be talking about? Aren't there lots of things in our community that remind us of our awful racial past? As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page or to Twitter, uh, and we'll try to work your comments into the conversation. And joining me now to put this in a little more historical perspective, is Jamon Jordan. He is a historian and educator and owner of Black Scroll Network History and Tours. Jamon, welcome to Detroit Today. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. I'm glad to be here, Steve. You, you, you are the person in this community that I most <laughs> wanted to talk to about this change uh, when I heard the news. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so first, just give me your reaction to it. Uh, is, this, is this the right thing to do? So the name change for Kobo, of course, is a good thing. Uh, we want to remove, I mean, there were a number of people who have brought up the history of Kobo, and it's good that it was brought up because it kind of became a hidden history for a while. Uh, people have forgotten about that history of the 1950s and Kobo's role in that um, uh, racist history that it was a part of the Detroit government at that time. And so the fact that people brought that those concerns and it ends up being the removal of the name of Kobo is a good thing. I'm not going to uh, uh, agree that adding now the name of a corporate entity <laughs> is, you know, the the best option. Um, although removing Kobo, of course, is a good option. So, so yeah. when you talk about the racist things that Albert Kobo said and the racist things that Albert Kobo did, yes. I think we have to to stop and and talk about those because this right. is a long time ago that's right uh, in this community and we're you know frankly we're not great at, that's right uh, at really remembering what people did and said talk about some of the things that lead you to call right, Al- right. Albert Kobo a racist so yeah Kobo um, this just dismissed the fact of him being an individual racist but yes he was but I know that there's people going to argue about his individual racism but I'll sidestep that and talk about his policies and his his, the pillar of his platforms for all three of his elections as mayor of the city of Detroit. 
So he's coming at the foot of the 40s, and there's this major battle in Detroit over housing in the 1940s. And, of course, the, the building of the Burwood Walls in 1940 and 41. And, of course, in 1944 is the Ursuline McGee case. That case is going to get rolled into the Shelley versus Kramer Supreme Court case in 1948, which will the Supreme Court will rule that racial restrictive covenants are, cannot be enforced by the government because they're unconstitutional. Right after that, you have a person running for mayor of the city of Detroit saying that he's going to enforce and support racial restrictive covenants. He's basically doing in Detroit what Wallace was doing. He's going to defy the federal government. He's doing what Orville Faubus did in in Little Rock. Mm -hmm. He's basically standing at the walls of housing and saying that despite what the Supreme Court said, I'm going to restrict African-American residents from being able to have access to these houses in these predominantly white neighborhoods. And so it's the equivalent, although we don't seem to think of Detroit as a Jim Crow place, <laughs> but that's exactly what's happening this in the city was, of Detroit. This was Jim Crow. That's right. Uh, and and even as he is challenged by uh, federal law in, mm-hmm. in, in, in being able to do that while he's in office, he, he does a number of things right. uh, that also uh, make it harder for African-Americans. That's right. So there's a number of initiatives to build public housing that will allow African-Americans to move in. He blocks those initiatives. When the UAW creates a school schoolcraft co-op that will be integrated housing near Telegraph and Schoolcraft in that neighborhood, the far northwest side of the city of Detroit, he blocks that from being able to be built while he's the mayor. So he's on every level blocking any access for African-Americans to be homeowners or even to be even move into public housing that's in predominantly white neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he also uh, is somebody who begins the process yes. of Destroying neighborhood destruction right. in the name of Urban of, renewal, of urban renewal right. but also in the name of uh, what we used to call uh, when Negro I was good, removal. The, well, <laughs> Negro <laughs> removal, uh, but but the ditches, right? That's right. Uh, that's right. The, the, the freeways, that's right. and I say this all the time: uh, we have more freeways cutting this city up through its center than any other major American city I can think of. I that's mean, right. and and it's Kobo He's, who really fuels the idea that this is. Progress. That's right. That's right. So, of course, um, Kobo's idea um, is spurred by this a national mood of building freeways. Of course, uh, Eisenhower uh, pushes the National Highway Act. And so Kobo is, of course, as the mayor, is one of the major decision makers of where those freeways are going to be. And, of course, he puts the major one, I-375, when you're in downtown, which will destroy what's left of Black Bottom, and 75 as you're leaving um, Black Bottom, which of course destroys Paradise Valley, the Black Business District that had been reached its ultimate level in the 1940s, and so he's destroying these um, centers of African American residential activity and res- and business activity at the same time, blocking African Americans from moving in so many other places in the city. So he's destroying where they can live and own businesses and blocking them from living in many other places in the city. He's playing both sides of discrimination, both the destruction of African-American communities and the blocking of building new African-American communities and integrated areas in the city of Detroit. Mm -hmm. Uh, My guest is Jamon Jordan. He's a historian and educator and owner of Black Scroll Network History 
and Tours. We're talking about the name change of Kobo Center. It will be called TCF Center or something like that, uh, maybe Chemical Center. Uh, Chemical Bank paid $33 million for the naming rights uh, to Kobo, uh, which allows us, uh, as we heard Larry Alexander, who runs Kobo, say it allows us to help pay down some of the debt that we have on that building. Also allows us to remove the name of Albert Kobo, uh, former mayor whose racial history uh, is a source of real tension in this community uh, from that building. Uh, what do you think about that? What do you think about what we're doing, how we're doing it? Uh, what do you think about the idea of reconsidering the naming of things uh, to change them away from people who are racist, people who own slaves? Uh, we have lots of things in the city that would remind us of those things. Why aren't we talking about that? As always, the number on the phone is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag us and we'll work you into the conversation. We get a lot of folks who want to talk about this. No surprise there. Mm -hmm. Lauren in Gross Point Park. Uh, Lauren, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, thanks. Hey, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, my first instinct, well, let me just say, uh, long-time listener, of course, first-time caller. I love your show. You <laughs> we know, love always that. have such yes. poignant discussions. <laughs> I, I just love it. Um, my first thought is just because it happened, just because it's historical, just because it is what it is doesn't mean it's right and doesn't mean that we should just stand by and let it be. Um, it's my hope that we can maybe make these corrections and our future generations will look back and say, you know, they did right by this. Uh, you know, we, we have a just a terrible, terrible history of these people you know, having their impact in, in such terrible ways. And we should make the corrections to, to, uh, to, to get rid of that. I mean, it's certainly not erasing um, them. You know, people will know that it used to be called Kobo, but mm -hmm. it, it can be correcting what yeah. was done wrong. Uh, Lauren, I really appreciate the call uh, and the thoughts. You know, Jamon, I, 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 I am, uh, I'm still a little torn about the idea of how we do these things. <laughs> like uh, mm -hmm. I talked with Larry Alexander a little bit about this, but the idea of just removing the name, mm -hmm. uh, it pushes us a little toward that idea of erasing the past yeah. as opposed to trying to come to terms with it, which yeah. is what I think we want to do, mm -hmm. uh, not just with Kobo, right. but with lots of other things. As I said, you That's know, right. it sits at the corner of, Jefferson Avenue and Washington right. Boulevard. Let's talk about that. Right, right. So, of course, you know, we have this history in um, that um, uh, you, we name things or people are named things honorifically. And they name them after people who are um, honored or they want to honor them. And that's a, Detroit has a long history of this. So um, when Antoine de la Motha Cadillac arrives, he names the fort Fort Pontchartrain du Détroit because Pontchartrain is the count, the French nobleman who funded the expedition for him to build the fort. So Cadillac starts the idea of naming things after people who you want to honor. And when Woodward is sent here by Thomas Jefferson and he comes up with a plan for the city, he names a street. After Jefferson and names one after himself as well, um, <laughs> right. and, and so we have that you know this con this history this long history of naming things after people um, who are either the um, decision makers are honoring or or they want the community to honor. So there's this, there's that complex history, and on some level we need to grapple with the history of these people. So we want them to be known so that we can talk about this history. But I think that when it comes to things like Cobo Center or even Cast Tech High School that those uh, are institutions that really supposed to stand for something. 
So this is the city's convention center. Mm -hmm. This is the city's front door. This is where businesses, organizations, community groups are going to come and assemble to say that we were in the city of Detroit. And you're going to name that after a um, segregationist Jim Crow mayor? <laughs> we, that needs to be dealt with. And if you're going to have a, a, one of the most prestigious schools in the city of Detroit, and probably definitely the most famous school in the city of Detroit, Cass Tech, named after, after a slave owner and a person who implemented the Trail of Tears, then that needs to be addressed. Yeah. And so um, can we talk about Cass without having a school named after him? I think we can do that. Can we talk about Cobo without having the city's front door named after him? I think we can do that. So, so what's the right way then – uh, given that we did this for so long, I mean, Cast Tech's a very old school. Yes, yes. Cobo Center is now a very old convention center. What's the right way to mark that that change and and still acknowledge that we did what we did for so long? Right, right. So um, we have to return to to um, talking about history in our other institutions. So our libraries should be talking about this history and having programs about this history. There are books about Cass, and there are writers who wrote about Cass's um, um, horrible history, his villainous history, too. We know that he's been praised in many ways. There's counties named after him. There's a city named <laughs> after a lot him. Named There's after a lot him. named after Cass. But there, that can be done. In museums in this city, There, we can begin to talk about that part of Cass. Cass is, is, is a figure in the Detroit Historical Museum. We need to visit uh, and revisit the figure of Cass and Cobo and some of the others who are part of this horrible history in the city of Detroit in those institutions. That's where history ought to be talked about mm. in museums and libraries and institutions. They aren't, uh, when you create a convention center, just naming after a person, there is no debate. There is no analysis, There's no criticism or no critical thought going into just naming something after someone. And so we don't bring the debate to Cobo center. We bring the debate and the discussion at the museum to the, the place like, where it where it, where it ought belongs. to be, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a really interesting. That's a really interesting point. Uh, Gifford on Twitter says, "Many say if you erase the name, you'll lose the history lesson." From comments I've seen all day, many don't know about Kobo and his racist right. actions before today. Mm -hmm. If they didn't change the name, the history would not have made headlines that's like right. it did. Uh, that's a really great point. Ashley on Twitter says, "The longstanding problem with Kobo Center underscores two issues in particular." The need to remember problematic people and moments in history without celebrating racism and the importance of teaching nuanced, inclusive history in our schools. Mm -hmm. Ashley, thanks very much for that comment. Let's go to Steve in Bloomfield. Steve, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Hey, how are you? Great. Thank you. Uh, great discussion. Um, I certainly understand uh, changing the name for financial reasons. Um, but I, I'm, I'm a little, I find changing names historically a little bit problematic. Um, you know, we honor people by naming buildings and libraries, museums, airports, um, and, and then we find out more about their history, and then we want to change it. Um, and, I, and it certainly, it, Cobalt Center probably should be changed, and, but there seems to be some education that needs to be involved. Um, with the people, and so if you do change the name, there certainly should be a plaque hmm. state that it was the former Cobo Center, and that, you know, what its history is racism. Um, I'm also concerned 
about name changing in general, um, especially with people like so many things named after anti-Semites, like Henry Ford, Swinburne, you know, Air Force named after them. We go back and change all these names. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, Steve, I, I appreciate the call. You had a, kind of a, a funky connection there, so we're going to try to move on just a bit. But, Jamon, I want to give you a chance to to respond to that. I think the point he's getting to is wh- where do you draw the line, right? If you open this door mm-hmm. and say we're going to reconsider things that are named after people who are racist or slave owners or things like that, we could be we could be a century, right? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Undoing all that and and uh, uh, sending it in a different direction. Is it worth considering that uh, there's a different way to 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 come to reckon with those things other than changing the name? I, I liked his idea um, that um, putting a plaque that this was formerly the Cobo Center and the reason it was changed, and then talk a little bit about that history because then you get a little bit of education. Mm-hmm. And it's just not, not removing the name with no education attached. So I like that idea. That's a good idea, and I think we do need to do more of that. Um, even when we don't change names, we ought to put the information about the, the controversy surrounding that individual um, somewhere publicly mm-hmm. so that people can discuss and learn about that history. So I like that idea. Um, when it comes to um, name changing and how far we're going to go, I think let's not talk about how far we're going to go. Let's talk about where we're going to start. And I think we ought to start in public venues, public institutions, public um, places that um, gathering the, spaces, that gathering really, spaces of right? people that the community has come up with a an out. There's an is an output and input from the community that says we don't like this figure. If um, it's Henry Ford's personal property <laughs> and he's going to call it, it's going to be named the Henry Ford, whatever. Well, that's Henry Ford's personal property. But if it's the civic center and it's the Jewish community is upset about Henry Ford's anti-Semitism, they, they very well have a right to stand up and say, Hey, we don't want a civic center in our community named after Henry Ford, who was an anti-Semite. So that makes sense. Hmm. And um, no and one an, would. <laughs> it's an interesting way to draw distinctions, <laughs> right. right? And and I haven't heard, I don't think I've heard somebody articulate that before, <laughs> that, right. that there is a difference between public spaces that's right. and private. Right. And so, that, so, that, so that's where we ought to start. We ought to start in those public places that are really honoring a person who the community um, has evolved to understand is not a friend of that community. And so that we ought to start there. And I don't know where it's going to end. Okay. All right. Jamon Jordan, historian and educator, owner of Black Scroll Network History and Tours. Really great to have you here for this conversation. Thank you. All right. That's going to do it for us today. I'm going to be back tomorrow, and I hope you will too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station and community service of Wayne State University. Join us tomorrow. We're going to talk a little bit about the Oscars that are coming up on Sunday. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow.